0: episode 317 agents of shield season 7 episode 2 know your onions welcome to level 7 a podcast about marvel's agents of shield and the marvel cinematic universe
1: it's a magical place
0: Hey, welcome back to Welcome to Level Seven. Unless this is your first time. And in that case, welcome to Welcome to Level Seven. This is a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., because that is the thing that actually got us going on this podcast. That's why I say especially. But we are here to talk about the second episode of the final season of our show. And when I say we, I mean me, Ben, Ben Avery. And then sitting right over there, couple hundred that's why i said maybe I, I i don't know i mean driving it it's, it's maybe a state you know, as the as the crow flies it might not be a couple thousand but could it be based yeah. on the there's a big lake between yeah the, the highway system take it yeah yeah that's yeah
1: anyway hi i'm Stu, and i'm i'm here there and everywhere else views. <laughs>
0: live yeah yeah whenever i hear someone say here there and everywhere um makes me think of a song from a childhood tv show that i'm going to throw this name out there and i'm not going to go any further on the rabbit trail but those of you in the know you're in the know and that is the polka dot door and if you know what i'm talking about then you know what i'm talking about but
1: Uh, i'm going to (laughs) go google some things
0: i have no idea it's i mean it's it's a canadian children's tv show Oh, From when I was a little, well, little Canadian- little one.
1: So. Yeah. One of my favorite podcasts is a um, Doctor Who podcast hosted by three Canadians, and they drop some of the most obscure stuff I've ever heard of.
0: Well, I just dropped a pretty decent, obscure one for you there. So, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but we're not here to talk about the polka dot door uh, no. at all. We're here to talk <laughs> about the next of S.H.I.E.L.D. And. Uh, Just again, if you're just joining us, um, because some of you might be just, you know, discovering us because of the new season, uh, our spoiler policy is this. If we have talked about it on the podcast as far as like an official review episode and this being an index show, we do review almost every single thing that's come about. If we've talked about it on the show, we might talk about it in this episode. That said, we're talking about time travel. That said, we will probably bring up Endgame again probably and some other and we will probably also be talking about i don't know back to the future doctor who with fixed points in time um sure star trek is going to be referenced um, at uh, least uh, once (laughs) um (laughs) so but the spoiler policy is as far as the mcu is concerned if we've talked about on the podcast then we will be talking about it here um or we could be and so just just be aware of that we'll be talking about all the all the movies are fair game all of agents of shield up to this point is fair game all of well half of netflix is fair game <laughs> <laughs> um agent carter that might oh, be something we bring oh, up netflix. um as we're talking about history of the mcu uh yeah just be aware but i know we're going to talk about captain america
1: I, yes, that is going to happen. I mean,
0: this, (laughs) this episode is kind of reinforcing what I was expecting the season to be. Once I heard it was about time travel (laughs) and that is let's visit some points in time in the MCU history and let's visit some points in time in the MCU history that the movies aren't going to because they don't need to. And that frees up the, you know, the little show here to be able to. Flesh out some stuff,
1: and what's great about that is it's it's picking things that we didn't necessarily. um I mean we knew that they had to exist, but they're telling these side stories or telling these not on the beaten path stories.
0: Yeah, it's actually this actually what they talk about in this episode and a little bit in last episode kind of feels like the kind of thing you could get in a tie-in comic book. Let's say.
1: Absolutely, and that's where, in the past, Agents of Shield has really shined. Right? You know, we we get the tie-in to Captain America: Winter Soldier that changes everything. We get the tie-in to, you know, Nick Fury getting a a, a aircraft carrier from an old friend. Air quotes. Um, we get all these tie-ins. You know, even the Thor one, which was, eh, but it was still there, right? That's where Agents of Shield rocks.
0: And honestly, you know, looking at what you just said about the uh the winter soldier tie-in, where Shield falls, you know, and, and you're able to see that happen mm-hmm. in the show, that was tie-in storytelling at its finest.
1: Oh yes. I mean,
0: it really, really was. Oh, yes. And and you know, Shield never reached that height ever again. But honestly, you know, I I don't I don't know if you could say anything has done that well. No. (laughs) Do you remember the Star Trek six tie in? With uh, Star Trek Next Generation?
1: I know that Michael Dorn played who plays Worf in the next generation TV show. He played Worf's grandfather or something like that in the movie.
0: Well, Unification was one of the episodes or two of the episodes leading up to Star Trek Six, though. And Unification was a tie-in? It, very, very tangentially. Is, did I say that word right? I don't know. But in the sense that you had um, when Spock was saying he wanted to go to Romulus uh, or no, after he went to Romulus and they found him, what he said was um, it was my fault that Jim went on that mission. You know, and so this was kind of him in some way atoning for some of the stuff that was going on and had gone on. And okay. it was very, very loose. But that ha- that episode came out before the movie. Right. And so then me and my friends are like, ooh, what What was he talking about? And then you see the movie and you can see, you know, that conversation with Spock and Kirk where he says, you know, only Nixon could go to China. Right. And that convinces Kirk to go and and do the whole klingon thing and and
1: meet Kristen slater yeah yeah, yeah. no he didn't meet Kristen no that slater. was
0: that was sulu, sulu yeah yeah Kristen but anyway yeah. it was this kind of <laughs> wonderful for us tie-in where we're just like oh my goodness what does this mean you know where spock is is saying it was his fault and, and then you're like oh well uh, that's well. so
1: that's so generalized i mean how many missions can you chalk up to Spock sending Jim on?
0: Well, but this, was, this was specifically it though. I mean that, that was they were doing it. They did it on purpose and it got us talking. Right. Same yep. here. Only like to a billion times beyond.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. I know I've said this on the podcast before, but I'm going to say it again. Cause we're talking about it. I went to go see winter soldier, like the Saturday. I think that it came out. I had to, Whatever, but I made sure I watched the episode before that. I listened to this here podcast. Then I went to Winter Soldier and my mind was blown. I remember sitting in the theater watching the Triskelion get blown up and S.H.I.E.L.D. crashing and I'm going, what is this doing to my show? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And then I think I got out of the theater and I called in. voicemail to this show that back when back when dandy daniel butcher was still yeah and i was like what's going on with the show and then your episode came out and then we watched the next episode and mind was blown that is the best tie-in crossover has ever happened
0: i i I would definitely agree this the episode we had today or that we're talking about today i should say um it's a tie-in you know, it's, and it's, it's success- backstory and what makes it successful is, OK, we're visiting this point in MCU history with characters we care about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we don't need this episode to tell us backstory. We want this episode to tell us a story and we're getting a mm-hmm. story and we're getting a story with characters we care about we've got a mystery going on but then we're also getting these little glimpses and that's what's cool about this is we're getting these little glimpses into what is going on in MCU history
1: and it's rewarding for the people like us who have been watching from day 1 and in you know sort of this release order this this journey that Kevin Feige and Jeff Loeb and all these people have taken us on you know this is just one more piece of that yeah.
0: So let's talk about it a little bit. I mean, this is – in this episode, you have uh, the Chronicoms who are trying to kill Freddy, Freddy Malik, okay? And our team wants to stop them. And so the team gets separated a little bit. We got kind of two missions going on. Uh, on one side, Deke and Mac are protecting Freddy, and they go on a nice little uh, boxcar train <laughs> uh, journey with him and because he's going to do some bootlegging with some booze. Are they going to the Rock Candy Mountain? The Big Rock Candy Mountain. Yeah. I just – today – it's funny you bring that up. Just today I watched an episode of (laughs) of DuckTales. And in this episode of DuckTales, the real story was happening at the mansion with – I can't remember – one of the the brothers who was grounded. And everyone else was sending him messages as they were going to the Big Rock Candy Mountain.
1: I remember that episode. That is a great episode.
0: And I'm watching it and I'm laughing to myself. And I'm like, do I explain this to my son? Nah. Nah. You don't need <laughs> it to. a big rock no. candy mountain. It's funny no. enough all by itself without context. It, yeah.
1: No. It, yeah. I like candy. I like a mountain. There we go.
0: <laughs> and I also love A Brother Where Art Thou? Man, yes. that movie. Um, yeah, so they're, they're going off to, to do some bootlegging because they've got booze, but also they have a formula kind of thing. And so the rest of our team, first of all, they're trying to um, make sure that the lady who gave Freddie that stuff doesn't die so that they can take care of, you know, find him and, and get to where he's going. Um, they're at Koenig's place. The Chronicoms. Did yeah. you
1: – Did you guess what the formula was? Did you have an inkling what it was?
0: I did, kind of, but that's just because it was a formula, you know. And yeah, and so it's just kind of a. I've seen TV before.
1: Yeah, so have I. I just I didn't connect it. I thought it was some other dastardly deed that
0: well. uh Last episode, I wondered, is this some sort of thing that's going to give Freddy powers or something like that? And then, Yeah,
1: I th- that's what I think I was yeah. thinking.
0: Yeah, but then the fact that he's delivering it causes me to think, okay, well, does this have something to do with something with that? Yeah. Especially since he's Hydra. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so um, I'm not saying <laughs> – I'm not saying like I should get huge kudos because I called it or anything no. like that, but no, – no, no. um. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people out there were on, we're tracking with it too. But um, anyway, um, the rest of the team, they got to figure out where they're going so they can basically help Deke and, and Mac to protect Freddie. The Chronicoms are after them as cops. They're going around um, trying to find these criminals, you know, and uh, they come to the, to Koenig's place and they're searching it while the team is hit is hidden, uh, but they they get called away and it all comes together then when Koenig figures out from what the lady was saying, um, oh I know where he's going, so they go.
1: Now is the, is that the scene that um, Bob Hoskins and Roger Rabbit are trying to get out of the handcuffs and Roger just slips out because it's funnier than is that that scene? I can't remember. I, I
0: I'm lost actually now. Roger Rabbit. Dude, I have I have not seen Roger Rabbit since high school.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, no, it's so it's been forever. Roger
1: and Eddie are locked in this secret room and the and uh Christopher Lloyd comes in and you know, is trying to find Roger and and they can't. They're handcuffed. And so Eddie's trying to find a hacksaw and uh, he's wobbling the, the crate. Roger slips out of the, the handcuffs and holds the crate. And then Eddie blows up at him because he could have done that the whole time. But it wasn't
0: funny. Gotcha. It's not funny now. OK. Sorry, man. I, I
1: You're right there with me most times. But this time we just. I know. Oh, it's OK. It's OK. I know. Yeah.
0: We end up in a big battle and we'll talk about another big battle in a moment here. But big battle, big climactic battle. But on their way to the battle. Daisy tells Deke to kill Freddy even though everyone decided we can't do that and so um, he ends up not killing Freddy and Freddy gets away from the Chronicoms the Chronicoms get stopped but not destroyed everyone has to run to the Zephyr to get on the on the ship because the, there's only 17 minutes before it's gonna go through time again and then they're gonna go to the next spot where the Chronicoms are waiting for them also subplot May has wakened up, wakened, awakened up. Ah, brain's not working right now. May's awake, though. And she's wandering the ship, talking to Enoch, fighting Enoch because he won't ha- let her leave. That was a good fight. And she sees that Coulson, not Coulson, is alive and really doesn't impress her all that much. So she goes back <laughs> to bed.
1: Yeah, there's something... I, I mean uh, there's there's a story to be told with May and we're just getting the very first dinklings of it for sure. But holy majoli, that's a weird that's a weird thing that happened with her.
0: What what's the weird thing?
1: Uh her waking up, fighting Enoch, and then going to bed and be like, nah, whatever. You're still dead. Like there's something else going on there. Like I wouldn't be surprised if she was a Chronicon.
0: Okay, so I guess we're starting there then. And why not? <laughs> we can. Why not? Okay. May is a super important part of the show. Yeah. I mean, the show starts and it's May. Well, okay. So the show starts and its ward. But one of the things that happens when the show starts is Colson recruiting May, getting her off of paperwork, you know, and then we're, we, go through her whole trial and struggle and interpersonal issues that she has with her team and then personal issues that she has with herself and and that mission. And and you know, she has this relationship with Colson that that blooms and, and blossoms. And then he dies and then Sarge comes and it's not really Colson, but he looks like Colson and and there's a little bit of hope there, but then the hope is dashed and and now, you know, she wakes up and the last thing she remembers is dying. So, like Coulson, she's been dead, brought back to life. And then she sees that Coulson's face is walking around on a body and talking again. And and Coulson's mouth has words coming out of it, but it's not Coulson. You know, he's an LMD. And she but it's, she doesn't even bother. Like it's just yeah, whatever. It was close to Coulson. Yeah, yeah, but it's funny how she says it because if if Colson is still dead, you know, you would think the logical thing, if you're thinking and being logical about it, you would, the pronoun usage would be he's still dead. But instead, it's you're still dead. Well. You know, to, to uh, the the LMD version.
1: I mean, I don't want to tell you how to write, Ben, but it would seem to me that you would give way to the grammar for the feeling. And that, that you're still dead is all about the feeling less about the grammar.
0: That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, no, it's very specific that she says you're still dead.
1: Yeah. Because in her, in her brain, he's got to still be dead or else
0: her, I, I would imagine her whole psyche unravels. Well, but this is what we've been talking about and waiting for, you know, how does, th- what, does this going to affect May? How does this affect her? Well, she takes that lightsaber
1: and then you wait three years and she throws it over her shoulder.
0: No. <laughs> OK, actually, you're, you're not too far off as far as like what we were expecting. We were expecting a little bit more drama. Right. Um, and I'm sure there'll be more drama to come. Yes. But it is a situation where, yeah, this this has got to be rough. This is rough on anyone, I think, you know, you lose someone. And then a fake one comes and now another fake ones here. I mean, come on.
1: Not just a fake one, a mean fake one. I mean, like Sarge wasn't like, oh, well, I'm Coulson, but I'm, you know, I'm still kind of fun. No, Sarge was like, I'm Coulson, but I'm also going to kill you. So it's kind of a rough thing to to have happen, I
0: think. Well, and that was – it was disconcerting for her because yeah. like he killed in cold blood another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Right. In cold blood, you know, and then turn around and there's a little bit of hope because they see these glimmers of the guy, the man that Coulson was in this yeah. new thing.
1: The Coulson we saw in a, in Avengers and the Coulson we saw in the first Iron Man movie and yeah. The guy who just wanted some little Debbies. That's <laughs> true.
0: And then you have the LMD Colson who personality wise is close. It's, but, but he does admit he is not Colson. Yeah. What happened to Lola? I, I don't remember. It seems like Lola was destroyed. Mm. And then Mac was going to fix it.
1: And I, I don't remember from there now. We're going to see Lola before too long. I think the <laughs> end of, well, I maybe mean, not before too long, but I think the end of the series, that Colson, that LMD Colson, is going to get Lola back.
0: Could be. And maybe gets Lola as a brand new car. Yeah. Yeah. In 1950, whatever. I do not know cars and I don't know that one. So maybe a 60s. I don't know. But from the actual year. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. That'd be cool
1: because yeah. it seems like what they're setting up with Coulson is for him to be basically come full circle back to the guy we first met in Iron Man 1.
0: I don't know. I mean the way they set it up in the last episode is when we're done with this, I'm going to rethink if I'm if I'm going to do this or not.
1: Yeah, but I think he's still going to have that same plucky go get him attitude. He may not be working for S.H.I.E.L.D., but he's still going to be that innocent that Coulson is us and we are Coulson.
0: And you definitely have that vibe. I mean, mm-hmm. last episode he's geeking out because he's a superhero. Mm-hmm. You know that—that's cool. That's fun. Uh, May's fight with Enoch was also a little bit odd and off. I felt, um, it, it just there was something I don't know. It didn't feel as emotional as it needed to be, or as I expected it to be. I don't know.
1: I was, I was tense. I mean, to quote, to quote the, the, the infamous Dandy Daniel, I was tense Yeah, because she doesn't usually fight full bore on good guys. She usually, you know, reserves back a little bit, but I kind of felt like she was, she was going after him because she had a mission to do.
0: And I think she in some ways didn't care as much about holding back because he's, a uh artificial life form.
1: Yeah, a robot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean they've had trouble with LMDs. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. <so>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh
0: she's off though. There's something off about her, and I'm really curious. There is.
1: And I think the, the most telling thing of that is after she finds Colton, she willingly submits to being
0: put back under yeah after the whole fight with with enoch about not being put back under
1: yeah yeah and then she finds colson and she's just like i'm done i'm out so that's that there's like i said like we've said there's something there and i can't i kind of can't wait to see what it is
0: yeah yeah i just storytelling wise and satisfactory storytelling wise we, we can't stay in this place for too long though.
1: No. Cause we only got like 30 seconds before the ship just leaves.
0: Well, but what I mean is this emotional state that, yeah. that, that may has, um, you can only stay with a character for so long where they're just like, I don't care. I don't care. You know, her. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and so we're going to have to move some, some pieces forward here. Um, whether it's in a worse direction where she does care because she hates him so much, or where she turns around and starts starts warming well, up to him?
1: This is where I think the meta, our meta knowledge of this show is going to come in to play, right? I don't think they're going to, first off, I don't think anybody's going to die. I think we're going to find fits. We're all going to live happily ever after. Whether or not it's, you know, in the snap time or in the 50s or whatever. But we're going to have our team back. We're going to live happily ever after. And we're going to go off fighting the good fight and Colson Lola and May are going to ride off into the sunset because for heaven's sakes we can't keep killing this guy and bringing him back <laughs> so
0: oh, I I'm okay with them riding off into the sunset and I know I run the risk of my good friend Daniel yelling at his iPod <laughs> that I have no romance. I don't have a romantic <laughs> bon- bone in my body. I do not, do not, do not, do not, do not, do not, do not want uh, May and LMD Coulson to be together. Okay. I'm
1: going to agree with, I'm going to um, agree with Dandy Daniel Butcher. Yes, you do not have a romantic bone in your body.
0: <laughs> you, oh, <sighs> What? I, I don't want this to happen because it's weird and unsatisfactory. Like it's it's not him. It's a what? copy. It's it's a it's a copy. I don't mind science fiction storytelling telling me that a a robot, as you might say, uh, can fall in love with a human being and vice versa. I can go with that. I can roll with that, but. When, you know, may had her time with him and this is not him. But see, I don't think this is May either. Well, that's a whole nother conversation.
1: And, and that, and at that point, what does it matter? The only thing that it matters is for the audience to get that.
0: If it's not hard, if it's not May, I'm good to go. Okay. I'm good to go. If it's not May, because it's not May. Yeah. Yeah. So not May getting together with not Coulson is fine. <laughs> right.
1: Now, if it is May and she's going through some stuff, I don't think that they should do
0: that. If it's not May, I know, if it is May and part of her just dealing with the trauma that she's had in the last little bit. If dealing with the trauma that she's had in the last little bit is a brief flirtation with the idea of Coulson, then I'm okay with that. I just don't want them driving off in the sunset with Lola. I just don't. Just don't.
1: How many more episodes do we have? 11? 11 episodes is a. I mean, they have enough time to tell a full story in 11 episodes of. The May, not May, Colson, not Colson, Lola, not Lola. <laughs> may or may not be a sunset. They have they have that ability to do that. They also have the ability to tell something else and interesting. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't work in TV. So if the TV writers want to tell something more interesting than what I can come up with, I'm all for that. It's like Schrodinger's episodes, because until we watch them, it's either May or not May or Coulson or not Coulson.
0: Okay, there's a little bit of truth to that. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, Should we talk about time travel? Because there's going to be some fun time travel stuff going on here. Uh, One of the things with time travel is Enoch got left behind. Yeah, I was not expecting that. So he's just doing time travel, taking the long route. (laughs) So are we, Ben. So are we. Yeah, that's true. We all are. I have a feeling they're going to be hooking up with him once again in whatever time period they go to next. I think he's just biding his time, hanging out with Koenig.
1: So what's the conceit? How are we did did you catch how they defined when the Zephyr was going to jump again?
0: The, the Zephyr knew and gave them warning 17 minutes ahead of time. And so it's like, I don't know if the Zephyr is kind of on an autopilot kind of thing, but the Zephyr is riding these time waves or the time wake or whatever it might be. And so when it was time for them to go. They were told 17 minutes and we got to take care of things in 17 minutes.
1: That is a really interesting storytelling device.
0: Well, here's the thing. I mean, I was waiting for one of two things (laughs) when he's running after them. I'm like, okay, he's either going to get this really dramatic leap right through the air, you know, and, and dive into the, the, the tailgate as it's going up or whatever um or he's gonna go left behind and like i said he's taking the long route and he ended up taking the long route but not only that he's taking the long route in a very cool way to me which is hanging out with candy like this is this yeah. is cool and
1: that's a great that's a great thing because again we're tying in you know, we're we're telling these little stories from way back when in the first or when did Kenny come around, like season five, something like that.
0: It might have been, but, I think it was earlier than that. But
1: but he's a very prominent character and a very lovable character. And people know who he is because he's Patton Oswalt. Right. Right. So the fact that they're going to go in and tell us the story about how he, you know, how he, how he became attached to S.H.I.E.L.D. and. The Caning brothers became part of that whole situation. But it's a story that we're going to have. Oh, no, that's true. That's true. Even if all we get was, um, I really love robots. Great. Because <laughs> I got some plans for you, buddy.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the other thing to consider. Okay. Enoch has already lived through this time period. Enoch has been on end. Not only that. Enoch is on earth right now. There's two of him. Because there's our That's Enoch, right. future Enoch and past Enoch. They're together. And not, not that they're together, but they're, they're both on earth at the same time. And so future Enoch, he's, he's been through this. And so future Enoch, you going to have a very easy time of it. So <laughs>
1: What happens when Prime Enoch, like our Enoch versus Old Enoch? How do we, how do we want to discuss
0: future future Enoch? Future Enoch, so future Enoch has come from the future to the past. Okay, past Enoch. Past Enoch is the one who is going through the timeline for the first time right now. Right, and he's the one who's
1: gonna um, capture our gang after they. Um, and, and fling them into the future.
0: Yes, that, that's okay. the one.
1: Uh, so what happens when they enter the same bar at the same
0: time? Well, they better not touch each other. That's all I know. They can talk a little bit. But I have a feeling we're either going to really embrace this thing and we're going to have some sort of important plot point that deals with having two Enochs around mm-hmm. or they're not going to talk about it at all. Or just give a little brief, little acknowledgement of it. But I, I,
1: I personally think it'd be better not to talk about it at all. Just ignore it completely.
0: Now, if the writers wanted to, there is the possibility. There's a third possibility. I don't think they'll go there, but the third possibility is in 19, who knows what, 56, whatever it is that they're going to go to in the future. The future being for us, episode three, um, they they catch up with Enoch and he's like, oh, you should have heard about when I saw myself and we went on this adventure together. <laughs> I'll tell you. you about it later. And then that's it. <laughs> you know, and, just, and
1: then he can read about it in the comic that comes out someday.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But just a little drop thing, just referencing this really amazing, amazing event that happened that we're never going to know what it was. but. I that's the like, funny approach you i don't know, feel that's, like this show does that though
1: dr uh, who does
0: that all the time no no no. this show does do that um piper and davis right uh-huh. davis ha- kept wanting to tell people the story about this amazing thing that happened to him and no one ever listened to it and so he never got to tell the story you know it was just this running gag yeah, of okay. hey did i ever tell you about this time i i think we i think we could get something like that i doubt it you know i think that we are." if I was a a betting man, I'd say 50% odds, no 60% odds that they're not going to mess with two Enox and 35% that they might do something, but it's that's really important with it. And then at least 5% for the joke. Uh, and maybe that's being a little too generous, but
1: yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. So, So time travel. Enoch's doing it the slow way. The Zephyr's doing it the fast way.
0: Yeah. And I mean, who knows where they're going, but they've – Daisy is playing with the Hitler paradox. Yeah. Okay, And and I might be using the wrong phrase for this, but this is the idea of what happens – if you had a time machine and could go back in time, would you or could you kill Hitler? You know, and, and actually, I don't know if you ever heard the promo for the comic book time machine, um, which is the comic book podcast that Daniel and Matt Anderson and myself uh, do. Um, but that promo uh, in it, we're like, hey, I finally invented our time machine. What should we do with it? And It's like, well, we could. Go and see this, and and then Daniel says, or we could go back in time and convince Hitler to stay in art school, you know, and then, and then I say, uh, or we could go back and read all the comic books we missed. Yeah, you know, and and that. So there, it's not just kill him or whatever it might be. And there's been a lot of different stories that have taken that on. Um, I actually, my first published comic book had that as as a um, that was the plot. Is a guy got has is given a time machine. He does. He goes through all these scenarios of what can I do with this time machine. He decides to go back in time to kill Hitler. And when he does so, he takes a gun with him and he finds out that when he goes back in time, he can't affect anything. And so he fires the gun, but the bullet bounces. Um, he tries to pick up a quill pen, and the the pen won't move. He can't even move this this feather pen, you know, because history is concrete.
1: I was gonna say because in your in the, in your story, time
0: is locked. Right. 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 And so you're able to kind of move through it and you're able to witness it, but you're not able to to affect it. And that's the whole point of that story. And that's the thing is with time travel, you have, you know, hard science where they're trying to do hard science time travel, or you have thematic, you know, my 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 whole thing was for us personally we can't change the past, but we can affect the future, and that was the whole point of that story of, of the story timepiece. We can't change the past, but we can affect the future. And what are you going to do with that? You know. And so we've got this the time travel stuff going on here, where it's Daisy is let's not let's not make ripples. Let's make big giant waves and kill Freddie. But then their answer is something worse might happen. S.H.I.E.L.D. never will come to being and Chronicoms will take over the earth. That's that's a worse thing. Um, One of the Hitler stories that I read where someone has a time machine to go back in time to kill Hitler is they go back in time. They um, take the baby out of the carriage from Hitler's mom. And then she just goes and kidnaps another child who actually ends up becoming Adolf Hitler. You know, so they cause the bad thing to happen in the first place by trying to stop it because you can't stop it because you can't change history.
1: That's my favorite time. That's my favorite time travel like
0: rule that you can't change anything.
1: Yeah, you can't change anything.
0: Well, I mean, Doctor Who gets around it because they make so many changes. (laughs) And so many things that they do, but there's these fixed points. You just can't stop this thing from happening. You and know, let's and be
1: it, honest, the fixed point only has to deal with when there's a, um, a, a, a plot reason for it.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: And also a fixed point in the middle of a, of a quarry in the middle of nowhere, Britain. It's not necessarily that big a deal, although when they did go to Let's Kill Hitler um, and with the Matt Smith doctor, uh, they didn't actually do anything with Hitler.
0: <laughs> but that's the trope. you know, <laughs> And so the trope, it gets played with here. Daisy makes the call. Mac calls her out on it because Never he's the guy who makes the call.
1: actually make the call, though. You know what I mean? Everybody kind of hymns and haws about it. No, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. And then like Daisy's like, no, do it. And then yeah, Deke is unable to. I thought that was really interesting. Not her place. I didn't say it was her place or not. I'm not that's not the argument. <laughs> I I was impressed that she she saw an opportunity and took it, whether or not it was right or or,
0: or told Deke to take it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just this really kind of interesting dichotomy you have going on here where we could let the Chronicoms stop this horrible thing from happening. Or. You know, have to fight against it, but if they let the Chronicoms stop this horrible thing from happening, the Chronicoms win and a worse horrible thing happens in the future. They get the earth. Yeah, that would. And so it's it's. It's a nice thing to play with, and they have a layer of stakes on top of just the whole, should we change history or not? You know, because we have these other guys running around. And I also like that it's the bad guys, quote unquote, you know, the big bad of the season. They're the ones who are trying to stop the bad stuff from happening in history, or at least this first round. It was a good twist last episode. And, and then this episode is a nice twist with Daisy doing that, but Daisy bad. Don't yeah. do that. Well, and <laughs> don't change history. And something
1: that didn't ever get brought up, but if they don't, if, if Freddie doesn't deliver the serum to whoever, Earth. Erskine can't make Captain America.
0: Well, I think they stole this from Erskine.
1: Oh, okay. Like
0: this is this is stuff that's going to go to Red Skull, right? And okay. Hydra.
1: Okay, I won't. Okay, then I'll I'll withdraw that because I was sitting there thinking Captain America is on the line here.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think he is. I I, what I understood it as, um. It's 1931. Erskine is starting to realize that he's in a bad place in Germany. And this is a chemical from his uh, his formula. Right. That they you know, that's getting taken to Hydra.
1: Because Elrond is not happy. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, Samantha, I could not remember his name.
0: It's agent Smith. Okay.
1: Yes, it is agent Smith. That's right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He was agent Smith long before he was the elf and King or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, so we, we're so, okay. So captain America is still going to be, despite what Daisy does. We're not, we're not, I'm going to solely despite what Daisy does. Captain America is still
0: going to be there. Well, no, because if that formula gets diverted and never gets to Hydra and Hydra is never able to create their own, whatever they do for, um, for Red Skull to become Red Skull, then they don't necessarily need to. I mean, the, they they may not need to have a Captain America because Hydra doesn't become a part of World War II in the same way. Like, there's just all these branches that are possibilities.
1: So, so the reason they created Captain America was because of the Hydra element in
0: World War II? Yeah, it was like... Uh, I just I mean, thought that it was, was w- because
1: they wanted a better soldier.
0: Like, Yeah, if- but Erskine knew about what had happened with Red Skull. And Erskine even talks to to Steve yeah. about, you know, the, who you are inside is what comes out. And that's what we have this. They used my formula. And, and you know, he he's this is a response to what's happening on the axis side of World War Two.
1: Right. But Erskine was in the United States developing this formula already
0: because they stole it from him. Right. Well, I don't know. He's in Germany right now. Okay. In, in 1931, he's in Germany. He's working on it. And this is they, – they said in the episode to, today, but the, the episode we're talking about today, they say he's starting to realize at this point that things aren't good. And um, so he doesn't know what's happening with the rise of the Nazi party and all that. But he's starting to get hints at this and – which is what happened. I mean there was uh, – I don't know if – have you ever heard of Lise Meitner? I might be saying her last name wrong, but I am pretty sure I'm saying her first name right. Um, but she was an important scientist in developing nuclear um power and, and and the nuclear bomb. Um, but she was a Jewish scientist in Germany, and so she had to defect, she had to get out of there and and had to escape from from Germany before um before getting taken. And if they had there's so many things that if if Germany had not turned against um, the Jewish people, they would have had Jewish minds there. Hmm. Now, they still might have lost them because the Nazi Party, even without what they did to the Jewish people, it was not a good party. <laughs> okay. No, it wasn't.
1: <laughs> it, was, it wasn't happy.
0: It, it wasn't good. Um, so they still may have wanted to leave, so they weren't giving you know inf- this this scientific information to a war machine that they didn't want to support. But there's a lot of scientific mind power that that had to get out of there because because of what was happening with the jewish people
1: yeah i mean einstein oppenheimer to Smeatner. Lee Smeatner. i mean these are uh, all of those guys you know the reason we have a space program for a lot of them is because of you know scientists from world war ii who were both german and um jewish but a lot of jewish minds came here
0: yeah yeah Lise Meetner is someone who um, look her up. She's got a really really interesting uh, life story and again <laughs> this is I guess this is the episode I talk about my my writings but um, I did a book <laughs> I, I did a book about her um, my kids time travel story called Time flies and one of the books was was them with her so that's cool. yeah yeah that's cool. Okay, so time travel, May, uh, Fitzsimmons. Um, I'm not going to bring it up right now, but we do have an interesting feedback about Simmons and, and what's her deal. Um, I'm just a little bit frustrated because I am tired of seasons starting with Fitz missing. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean. I, well, okay, season – Six, it starts with Fitz missing because they're in the future and he's going the long way. Mm -hmm. He shows up two episodes, three episodes in um, as a mercenary. Then as they are looking for him, looking for – we're just going to get confusing. But looking for the Fitz who didn't go to the future and come back and marry Simmons. They're looking for the Fitz who doesn't have to go to the future the long way. And again, he's just kind of it's the mystery. Where is he? Where is he going to be? You know, and and now we have the same thing going on here.
1: Yeah, it does. See, it does feel a little repetitive. It'll be interesting to see how they resolve it.
0: Yeah, I really hope it's a good resolution. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> yeah, right. I don't like the feeling right now of what I'm getting. He's just drinking a shake down at the malt factory.
1: He's just like, oh, well, there you guys are.
0: Where you been? Well, he could be. I mean, I I want to see where he is. I want to know where he is. I don't want to have to wait till the post credit (laughs) of the next episode to get a glimpse of him doing something vague. So you really wonder where he is, but we still don't have any answers. You know, I just just let us see the guy. Right. This is two episodes without him. He's one of our main characters, and this is two episodes without him.
1: And let us see the guy doing something important, not just drinking a malt down at the you know, the soda pop fountain or something. I mean, he needs to be trying to solve the problem.
0: And, and that's what they said he's doing. Yeah. This is the other thing about time travel is Simmons, the, the whole – this mission – Was them taking the long way around and just spending a lot of time getting ready for the mission that they're on right now, showing up, getting everyone gathered in and then jumping into the mission. But they've been gone for a long time. Again, it's very vague. It's just how long has it been? A long time.
1: I feel like there's going to be an episode somewhere where there's a lot of backstory info dump.
0: Well, I wonder if we're going to get that episode. I mean, we already said this, but um the episode like we got with with Simmons when she was missing for 3 episodes, you know, and it's it, it's repetitive, yeah. well, but it could be, you know, when you have a favorite guitar player and he goes off on a guitar solo. Like for me it's The Edge, you know. When he goes off into a guitar solo, On a really great U2 song, it sounds very similar to the other guitar solo in that other really great U2 song.
1: But it's still a really great guitar solo.
0: Exactly. So it might be repetitive here right now as we're talking about episode two. (laughs) I'm putting my faith in our writers Mm -hmm. that when we get to it, it's not going to be repetitive. It's going to be something really cool. That's what I'm going to say. It's a little repetitive. Right.
1: Because you still like the guitar solo.
0: Right. It's still cool sounding. Yeah. You know, I mean, Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me is an incredible song, you know, and the guitar solo is amazing, even though it sounds very similar to when Edge plays the blues on Rattle and Hum. But you can tell it's the same guy, but it's different enough, and... I'm just waiting for them to get on that new guitar solo. I'm cuz right now they're in the verse. <laughs> Second verse. <laughs> yeah. Same as the first. And uh let's get on to the guitar solo. Uh Colson LMD Colson. I'm loving the vibe. I do like I, it. These
1: are the guy. This is the guy who would have baseball cards of Captain America. Yep. This guy. Not Sarge. We
0: but we knew that. So how about Koenig taking a bullet for the team twice? I, both those bullets are going to have to come out of them, man. Yeah. Looks, both like of them the, are it, gonna,
1: looks like Enoch made that happen.
0: Well, the one, but the other, I don't envy him. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. I don't want to go too much further. Yeah. Pride ourselves on being family friendly here. That's right. But uh, it, it was funny and very subtle Yeah. when he um, – I mean the Chronicoms, that whole scene, the Roger Rabbit scene. Um, you get that reference, right, that I'm <laughs> talking about? Yeah. yeah. Like Roger Rabbit. I yeah. got it. Um, that was a great scene. We'll talk about Yo-Yo in that scene because I'm not sure what's going on with her. But – the whole Koenig bit where he's just like <laughs> vamping for time, trying to get them out of there, trying to act, notices, uh-oh, in the alcohol, better drink that bullet. Mm-hmm. Downs it, you know, and then afterwards, I can't believe I took a bullet for you guys because he drank it. But then he, of course, takes a real bullet Yeah. Uh, later on from Freddy. Yeah. But... So, yo-yo. yo yo What's going on with her? I I don't I didn't understand, and and this is something I, I'm just not quite sure. What's what's the situation here? Where did we leave her last season? Okay, last season she had a shrike in her, right? And before it was able to kill her, uh, it was, uh, Iselle was stopped. So it did hurt her. She was hurt, you know, and and then last episode they were talking about how what was left in her has been kind of absorbed into her bloodstream. She has new arms now, so she doesn't have the ugly uh, Nintendo power gloves on. But, you know, she for some reason has lost her edge. Hmm. And lost the ability to use her power, lost the desire. I, I don't know. I and i don't know if it's something i'm missing
1: well i don't or, or i don't what, think but, i mean i don't think they've talked about it in 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 enough detail to actually say it right so there hasn't been an explanation and this shows very good about putting explanations out there that but there hasn't been one
0: yeah yeah and i'm sure that they'll get there because they're clearly making a point out of showing her um Not using her power.
1: Right. When that wine bottle falls over, she could have seen it. And then to have Daisy um,
0: say, you could have done that. Why didn't you? And at first she says, I didn't see it. And then she says, I couldn't do it. And so, you know, there's something going on there, obviously. I'm sure we'll get to it. Um, But the question is, is it a physical thing? Is it because of the Shrike stuff in her bloodstream or whatever? Is it a um, uh, an emotional thing where she's just lost her edge and she just doesn't know how to? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it
1: almost felt like she. You know when people do the thing where they say the they say a reason and then like you press them a little bit more and they're like, "Well, I didn't really want to do it," or another mm-hmm. reason. Yeah, yeah. That's what it felt like to me, is that she was trying to cover not just not wanting to.
0: Yeah, but they were going to die. Like this was I mean, the stakes were about as high as they can get. With that bottle anyway.
1: Yeah, but I don't think it was a I don't think it was a. In a inability, I just think she didn't want to for whatever reason.
0: Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yep. But she hasn't used her powers. I don't think she's used them at all. No. This season.
1: In fact, you know, I haven't, I have didn't do a rewatch before this season and I'm sitting there going, what, is, isn't somebody speedy on this team? And why aren't they catching that wine bottle?
0: Yeah, well they specifically showed her not doing it. Like they yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I just couldn't remember if it was I thought it was Daisy to be honest. I was like, "Why isn't Daisy doing that?" And then I was like, "No, wait a second, that's yeah. not right. Yo-Yo should have been." It's all in her name and everything. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um okay. Well, one last thing that I kind of have that I want to talk about is I loved this time period. And the costuming. Mm-hmm. My girls could not stop giggling, though. They could not stop giggling because of Deke and his little newsboy look with the hat and the outfit. And oh, he just looks so cute. And they just could not stop giggling. Uh, you know, they're just expecting him to go out, start start selling newspapers and singing. Um, These is for the newsies. <laughs> it and so, of course, they say that, and suddenly I'm like, okay, now I can't get that out of my mind uh, when I see him now. But yeah, I that's <laughs> that's one of my
1: favorite Disney movies, Is it really. The yeah, Newsies. I I I had to special order a VHS from the uh, the video rental place. It cost me like thirty bucks. <laughs> And this was back in the, you know, when the movie came out. So 30 bucks, like,
0: actually meant something. Yeah, I it's have not seen Disney it Plus. in, I want to say, 25 years, maybe 30. <laughs> well, you need to just stop recording right now and get, you know, get on that. Christian Bale's that in that, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's on Disney Plus now. It is. And
1: Netflix, I think, had the Broadway version. That was really good. Not the same. Because you know I can sing pretty much every lyric without even looking. That and Robin Hood, but oh, uh, so it
0: was Netflix but, had the the like the like the live play version, like the, yeah, the stage the Broadway version.
1: the play, huh? Yeah, with a couple of extra. There's like some extra songs I think, and some extra action.
0: They have to to pad it out, yeah.
1: But of course, because the Broadway version needs to be like yeah. two and a half hours, three hours, or whatever, and the movies only. 90 minutes. Yeah. I like to think of it as Batman Begins Begins.
0: <laughs> I just, I love the time period. Uh, when I was in high school is when The Untouchables came out and mm-hmm. uh, I didn't see it in theaters. Uh, but when it was the broadcast television premiere of, of that movie, uh, I remember I watched as much as I could. It was a Sunday night. And I couldn't finish it, so we had to f- find a VHS tape somewhere to record the ending of that movie. Uh, because it's just like, oh my goodness, I have to see the end, I have to see the end. And and that got me hooked on on Prohibition and Elliot Ness. And we had gone to uh, Alcatraz not too long before that. And so I had a book about different people who were prisoners in Alcatraz. Of course, Al Capone was one of them. Um, I So I love the costuming here. I love... Um, the one thing I didn't love so much, and it was just because she looked so different, was Yo-Yo's hat. Uh, yeah. And it was just because of her hair. she It just changed the shape of her head, and it just made her look very, very different. Um, but I'm loving Simmons' hair and and Daisy's, and, and of course, Enoch's hair is great, but –
1: yeah. Enoch's hair is great. I never thought we'd be talking about hair on this podcast.
0: But why not? You know, I mean, I like all of it. I'm just loving the fashions. I'm, I'm hoping we end up in another time period uh, that has just that, that some great costuming. But whoever was doing hair design, kudos to you, hair and makeup people. We don't give you a shout out as many times as we ought to. But absolutely. Fantastic job, hair and makeup people. And customers, And I mean that also goes – the title
1: sequence, the title uh, card, you know, was very 1930s. If they're going to jump – for now, did they say they were going to jump forward or backward or did they, they didn't know? say.
0: They didn't say. I'm assuming okay. forward.
1: Uh, I'm assuming forward too. It would make sense to go into the 50s and meet – oh, I don't know, Agent Carter.
0: No, I'm just as, – I'm assuming but, that they're moving forward just like the whole season is going to be kind of moving back to the present yeah. day. That, that's my assumption. Um, that's Here's a question. Do you think they're they're going to, for every time period, they're going to change the logo again? I, I, I hope so they cool. do.
1: <laughs> that, that would be my, like, if they did that, I would be giddy. And it would be fairly easy to do. Um, if you had a, you know, you get, you get a pretty good designer and be like, okay, we're going to jump to the 50s now. And they'll come up with something that, looks like the 50s okay we're gonna jump to the 60s now okay jump you
0: know. usually the logo change is subtle you know or you know there's mm-hmm. something you know with ghost rider there was some flame stuff going on with the future you know they have the mm-hmm. future stuff going on and everything this one though was really jarring uh last episode and just oh wow that's so cool and then it comes up again this time and I'm, I'm hoping they change it for the next one so uh hey you have anything else no all right then here's what we're gonna do we're gonna to move to some feedback and <sighs> yeah but before we get there i want to throw out something to you dear listeners um i want to throw out two questions to you okay as we are moving in time and you can comment on the Facebook post that this episode has. You can comment on our web page post that this episode has. Or you can go to our feedback page and email us um, or even call in. But I would like to hear from you about one of two things. One is looking to the future of our season. Where would you like to see the team go? You know, what, what What time period in MCU history would you like to see them go to? Endgame went to some really, really important points in time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will not be going to so such important time periods. But they're going to go to important periods in time for S.H.I.E.L.D. history. You know, um, so where would you like to see them go? And the other one is kind of looking back. This is our final season. And welcome to Level Seven isn't going away just because Agents of Shield is. There's other stuff for us to cover, you know. We've got plenty of Netflix to get into, and there's always going to be the movies and and the Disney Plus shows are pretty much once those start up, that'll be more weekly content. Same, you know, when things happen live, we tend to just really jump into into formation and and, and go for it. But uh, looking back at Agents of Shield what are some of your highlights from agents of shield that you look back on? Like we just did at the beginning of this episode that, that that tie into the movies, you know, that was amazing. Do you have anything like that where you just love those, that moment in agents of shield? Um, so looking forward and looking back, we want to hear from you. Um, but let's see, where should we start? Let's start with agent 084. How's that? Agent 084, yay! So he gave us... uh, He sent us a couple messages, actually. Um, One was from last episode, or about last episode, uh, but it came in after we had already recorded. Uh, And then the other one is about this episode, and both of them were sent to us through our our Patreon um, message that we have, uh, message system there, the inbox. And so Agent 084 says, for S.H.I.E.L.D. 701 feedback... I'm going to try to be as brief as I've ever been here. Let's go. Love the premiere. It was fun. It did a great job of both catching us up and moving us forward. My favorite theory so far comes from another podcast. So this is the one I was talking about earlier. They believe that the Simmons we see is another LMD. And Fitzsimmons were able to grow old together, developing time travel and designing everything the team would need for this season. It fits with Simmons' odd behavior thus far, her knowledge of Coulson's overflow of information, and the phrase, quote, too long. Something else to look out for is yet another version of Enoch because he had been on Earth for a few thousand years before we were first introduced to him. The Malik tie-in is interesting. For those who don't have endless, useless knowledge of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. knowledge, the Malik family was part of the hyper-religious faction of HYDRA. Bent on sending sacrifices to Maveth to try to bring Hive back. Freddy's father was said to take the easy way out, so I'm wondering if he killed himself in lieu of being the traveler and being sent through the monolith. I'm thinking of the vial the woman from Hydra gives Freddy is one of the first drafts of the Super Soldier Serum and is the first step toward Hydra's transition to Red Skull's leadership and focusing more on using otherworldly science for world domination. We also know that Freddy would later use a trick rock to avoid ever being sacrificed which we learned from Daniel Whitehall so we could definitely see another guest appearance from him this season. All in all, I'm very excited for what's to come. Bring on some more Shield History. Loving it. Until next time, True Believers. Excelsior. Uh so the taking the easy way out from Freddy's father, I think that they mentioned that he was part of the um was a Black Friday or whatever it was. That's not right. But anyway, when the stock markets tanked and we had people committing suicide that's i think what they were talking about
1: oh the, the crash of yeah 29.
0: yeah uh, i think that's what they're talking about that he actually took the easy way out because he committed suicide with that um but i think that was this mm-hmm. episode that they talked about that not last episode uh the fitz simmons thing with simmons being an lmd that's what i was mentioning because i like the idea but i don't think it fits simmons <laughs> There's a lot of LMDs running around at that point. Well, and she hasn't said anything yet to imply. I mean, again, going back to pronoun usage, you know, when they're talking about Fitz being gone and she can't communicate with him, I feel like the way that she's talking about him is it's actually Simmons talking about actual fits. Um, yeah. And that they have been separated for a long time. And I think that's why she keeps saying too long, is because of their separation time. Not necessarily that they've been separate, you know, it's been 30 years, but that it's been a few years and they haven't seen each other. And that's too long. And for me, it's been a few episodes and that's too long. So I'm using too long and I'm talking about two episodes. So Too long. Agents, wait for then shield 702 feedback. Another great episode loved all the internal and teammate conflict classic change time versus allow terrible events to happen. Tropes and character study. I'm still curious if they're going with loops or not. The stinger definitely suggests that the Koenigs were only interested in robotics because their grandpa met our team and Enoch. Or maybe this would have just made them get even more into robotics in a separate timeline. Regardless, there are a lot of ripples being made. Enoch could just sit and wait to meet back up with the team whenever they travel to next. But being the bartender at future S.H.I.E.L.D. speakeasy, sounds like he has the opportunity to change a whole lot. And I wonder if Malik would still have shot Koenig if Deke hadn't just insisted he was a killer. It was surprisingly fascinating to delve into a character only briefly referenced in one past episode. I'm curious what they're doing with May. Surely Izel isn't inside of her, right? I can't imagine they want to keep that storyline going, but it's the only thing that makes any sense right now. Hopefully it's something better than that. Very excited to see where we're headed next. I don't watch the next time on, so I'll be in the dark until next week. Hope you guys are safe and healthy wherever you're at. Until next time, true believers, Excelsior. And I would just say, boy, do I hope it's not Iselle. Oh, man. yeah that's rewatching that season there was a lot of fun stuff to it but izel was not one of those fun things <laughs> except the battle scene where she is moving from body to body fantastic wonderful but when she turns into rock opera lady
1: i was oh, gonna say rock opera
0: was it was difficult to watch the second time so it's not the worst thing in the world you know, Like like going back to yeah, U2, I mean, right. a bad U2 song is still better than so many other good songs on the radio today. But yeah, bad no. S.H.I.E.L.D. is better than a lot of good TV. I, I really like S.H.I.E.L.D., but I really hope we don't go back to that. So you
1: don't want Izel.
0: Okay. Uh Yeah, so what I'm trying to say, in case anyone was unsure because I'm being so vague, um, I'm hoping it's not IZELF. Let's see here. I got another message. Oh, we got voicemail. Voicemail. So let me get that queued up and let's listen to some voicemail. Hey
2: y'all! Welcome, welcome, welcome back. It is so cute. Missed you so much. Missed you much. Missed you much. So happy that my show is back. Boop, 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 boop. All right, so really enjoying the old-school aesthetic, the fashions. Mac looked so good in that suit. (laughs) But as usual, he gets on my nerves with his stubbornness, and then he played himself by breaking his own rule of ripples and not waves, spilling the tea on FDR's major accomplishments. I was just eye roll. I love Colson so much. I don't know how I feel about this LMD thing. I'm shaking SBR's hand was super super cute. It gave me the feels. I like how the they're incorporating like history into the story. I think that's really cool. Um, Gemma has gotten really hardcore and more intense and more serious and more brutal. And that worries me a little bit. Where is it? What's going on? Why is May on the ceiling? May is Bay. She's my fave since the beginning. I hope she's okay. Um... I'm worried about how she's gonna react to seeing Colson as an LMD. And Deke is still my least favorite character. Um he still annoys me. And I pray to God that they do not ship Deke and Daisy. No, 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 no. Please don't do that, Agents of Shield. But then be brother and sister dynamic. We don't need a love story. We don't need them to be in love. We need them to be comrades solving this situation together. All right. So yeah, and that font at the beginning was really cool. They just feel like font and everything. Um, I hope that they go into the 40s era because that's my favorite fashion and design era. But yeah, love hearing. Y'all again And I hope you're doing well And staying safe Wearing masks, washing your hands Social distancing, etc, etc Alright That's the end of my ramble Bye y'all, peace
0: So one of the cool things about us recording just before we got this voicemail and having to play the voicemail right now is that we're gonna actually get to hear in real time some answers to uh how Agent Coco feels about the things that she was talking about, like um like May and and that. So uh we'll we'll get to that in a moment here. But um yeah, shipping uh Daisy and Deke. Do you do that, Stuart?
1: Uh what is this? what are you talking about shipping,
0: okay, so you don't do it? I'm gonna say no, well, shipping is just when you want someone to get in a relationship.
1: oh no, 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 I don't know deacon, Deacon Daisy need to not be in a relationship okay. that's for sure all
0: right. all right we're We're together on that then, okay, yeah, and I'm not gonna you know say you don't have a romantic bone in your body when you say that because it's just not I don't want that either, no one wants that, do they. <laughs> No one except for Deke, baby. Deke wants it, yeah.
1: Remember he brought her all those lemons?
0: <sighs> yeah, but then he got involved with Sequoia, and then there was the butterfly lady. Daniel, if you need to
1: have Deke and Daisy together, you can uh, defend that that statement. Yeah. Otherwise, nobody needs to have it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing is, I, I did enjoy not just the mcu history going on but just the fact that they're like involved with real history too you know Mm -hmm. and that was cool so
1: and i appreciated that they actually shot it in a fairly real location um it was shot out at golden oak which is disney's um movie ranch oh cool Yeah. yeah and so even the 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 end of season six, where they had the big battle with um, um, in in the middle of like the city, Mm -hmm. right outside the bank, that was Golden Oak, and then all of the stuff that got redressed for um, for the city stuff in this episode. These two episodes were Golden Oak, so it's it's a cool little you know, we're all going to be under the same house and you're going to go play with our toys. So yeah, golden Oak is a, is a pretty fascinating thing. There's a great documentary on Disney plus called um, one day at Disney. And they profile the guy who runs it.
0: Okay. So, very cool. So always glad to hear from agent Coco. We get to hear from her three times in this episode, two voicemails. And then I also have a follow up email. Um, But mostly, you know, I'm, I'm just, curious and i already know the answer to this you know But i'm curious how agent coco is going to feel about some of the things she was talking about like when colson and may finally meet for this you know this episode and um so i'm just gonna go ahead and play uh her second voicemail now and and then we'll get to her follow-up email hey y'all
2: it's agent coco here how's it going so, I don't know if I called too late last week because you didn't play my um, message. So, I tried to make sure to not wait too long this week. But, either, anywho, I hope you got that message. Um, I just watched episode two of the new season and it was okay. Um, I don't know. I really don't, I really didn't like that fight between May and Enoch. Something weird is going on with May. And that unsettles me because, as you know, she's my fave. And I just want her to be okay. Like, I hope she's not, like, possessed by that weird Izelle lady or something. Um, I don't know. I just want her to be okay. And, you know, her singing Colson was kind of anti-climatic, but it also felt very May, you know. And I'm, I don't know. So Colson is a crime con now? Or is he an LMD? Are those the same thing? I'm a little confused about that. But either way, um, yeah, it was an okay episode. I don't know what happened to the woman that got shot. I guess they took her to the hospital. I feel like there's were a few loopholes in this episode. Um, and something's going on with Yo-Yo. But everybody looks really, really good in those uh, 30s style clothes. So... You know, I like the fashion. And, yeah. I don't know. Like, the first episode was like, woo, we're back! And then this episode is kind of like, eh, "Uh," <laughs> But it's still my favorite show, and I'm still going to be watching it, and I'm still kind of, like, looking forward to how they're going to wrap up the entire series. Um, and... You know, I guess that's it. I guess that's all I have to say. I don't have a lot to say about this episode. I just want me to be okay, and I want to know what's going on with Yo-Yo. I guess she's like a, has some type of PTSD. Um. All right. So you guys are doing a great job, and I hope you're staying safe, and I hope you're well. And, yeah, Black Lives Matter. All right. Peace, y'all. Thanks.
0: Okay, so I think the word that she used was anticlimactic. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that's a really apt description of, of this moment. And hopefully they play on that dramatically. Like the, uh, the anticlimactic uh, vibe that we got from it, hopefully it's an intentional vibe. But yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, it feels intentional, it doesn't feel lackadaisical.
0: No, it does not. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I do like how, uh, Agent Coco very different vibe from both of her voicemails, too. <laughs> like, the- <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but, um, of the world we're living in these days. I'm glad, also, though that, uh, yeah i I don't want. I mean, we already talked about this, but I'm glad I'm not the only person saying no, Izel. I don't. Yeah, I don't want Izel. So, yeah.
1: I think it'd be a really tough, tough sell to have Izel, <laughs> in. The, to be in may's body i mean it would be really tough thing to 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 force on the audience for lack of a better term yeah
0: yeah uh and you know uh agent coco talked about um you know getting in the voicemail in time um depending on the week we're going to be recording on thursday or friday or Saturday, and so Saturday is how it worked out this week. Thursday is how it worked out last time. Um, so a guarantee to get in on the episode that that you're spe- speaking about is is to get it into us before um, before Thursday evening Eastern time. Um, but we will still, you know, play it for the next episode too. Um, you know, so don't hold off on sending feedback. We would, no. we don't care if it's about you know two episodes ago, three episodes ago. Or three seasons ago.
1: If you're just now starting Agents of Shield, first off, go watch all the other stuff first. But call us. We would love to hear your thoughts. Love it. Yeah. And Agent Coco, thank you so much for for calling in. That's that's why we do this. Yeah. So yeah. I'm so glad you were able to call in and I hope you're being safe too. Stay safe out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh here's the message then. Um Subject line, not cool, Daisy. (laughs) This is from (laughs) Agent Coco as well. Hi, Agent Coco here. Didn't want to call again. Was really disappointed in how Daisy tried to get Deke to shoot Freddy. I wish the writers would show her developing a sense of maturity over time. She's still as impulsive and reckless as she was from season one. And it seems like she used that, the fact that Deke likes her and wants to impress her. Killing Freddy would have helped the Chronicom win. I'm glad he didn't do it, but I hope Mac has a conversation with how out of order she was in that moment. Okay, thanks. Bye. And yes, Agent Coco, I do hope, and maybe it'll happen off camera, but Mac needs to have a heart-to-heart with Daisy and just say, look, if we're making ripples, not waves, you can't use your feminine wiles to make Deke kill someone. It's just not cool. Don't do it.
1: And Daniel says you don't have a romantic bone in your body. I don't know.
0: Hey, man. We've been married for 23 years. I've got a romantic (laughs) bone in my body. All right. It's old and it's tired. (laughs) All right. And there's just a lot of kids around. And so I'm just saying, but (laughs) family friendly podcast there, Ben. Uh, You're the one get your mind out of it. Okay. um, (laughs) <laughs> also, uh Agent Coco asked about uh LMDs and Chronicons. Uh, from what I remember from last episode, uh Colson, new Colson, LMD Colson, is an LMD, but they have upgraded the LMD technology with Chronicom technology as well. That's I think that's what they said.
1: Uh, it would make sense that chronicons are essentially aliens, right? Yes. But they're robot aliens. Right. Whereas LMDs are just robots.
0: Well, androids, but yeah. Androids. There's a subtle difference.
1: I just use an iPhone. I don't understand.
0: <laughs> yeah. And also, because we're talking about the 30s, we have to call them robots. Robots, yes. Yeah, I love listening to old-time radio when they talk yeah. about robots. Robots.
1: Yeah. The robots are going to get us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So... Agent Coco, thank you for calling in. Thank you for writing in. Uh, same to you, Agent 084. Uh, I think that's it. Man, I think that this this is an episode. We need to put this one to bed. Um, if we missed anything, let us know. And if we, especially if we got something wrong, let us know. <laughs> we We do appreciate it. I mean... As long as you're nice about it, when you let us know, we appreciate yeah, that. That's the, you know, I if,
1: mean, it's a conversation. Yeah. If right. you're
0: going to be mean about it, then not so much. But yeah. So there's one thing we, we didn't talk about and uh, we're going to get to it in a moment here. But do you have any final words, Stuart? I just want to thank
1: everybody for listening and thank you for your feedback. So much appreciate it. That's why we do this. That's why we have conversations. So keep it coming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the feedback and thanks for people uh, sending us messages and and posting on our Facebook. Um, Because I look at you guys and I look at just the stuff that you're posting, the theories you're thinking about. I, I just can't help thinking. You guys, you know your onions. MX. And once again, thanks for listening. Hey, Stuart. You want to talk about Strange New Worlds? Sure. Because we don't uh, know
1: anything about it.
0: But yeah, let's do. We know the important thing. The important yes. thing is Anson Mount. Man, is not going to be an Inhuman season two. <laughs> no, because no one is going to be an Inhuman season two. <laughs> right. No, but he's coming back as Pike. He's coming back as Captain Pike in his own show. It's an enterprise yes. based show. And we get to add Captain Pike to that list of who's the best captain when we talk about captain shows.
1: And what's awesome is that he comes. He's like right there under Jean-Luc, right? <laughs> in my mind, based on Discovery Season 2.
0: Well, I, He's right there. I loved Anson Mount in Discovery Season mm-hmm. 2. As Captain Pike. It was just an amazing. I have been. Moved close to tears. Mm -hmm. By Star Trek. A handful of times. Okay, Almost all of them. When I was a lot younger. But two times. Two times. It's been Anson Mount. Two times. He moved me almost to tears. With his performance. As he was playing Captain Pike. And. Just the man that, that, that they made that captain be, mm-hmm. I just loved it.
1: And what's interesting is that captain, Jeffrey Hunter's portrayal of the captain and Anson Muntz portrayal of the captain are complementary. Like they really, he really worked hard to, um, make those two blend the two styles of acting for that character.
0: Yeah, I have always loved Captain Pike as a character, mm-hmm. uh, the cage and the menagerie. I mean, mm-hmm. they're the same thing as, as far as the Captain Pike stuff. It's the same. But uh, well, I guess you, you got that other guy. You, you got the other guy playing Captain Pike, uh, whoever's playing him in the chair,
1: in the chair. I mean, yeah. yes, at that so there's, point, there's that, doing but, pressing a button. But what's interesting about it is the character development from the cage to the menagerie is what I find real interesting.
0: Well, I just like the character and, and part of it was just the, uh, um, I don't know, just, just how interesting it was that they had that pilot episode that mm-hmm. they then chopped into the menagerie to make that two part episode with the flashbacks. And, and so that was, that was one of my favorite episodes of, of the original series. But then Anson Mount comes and plays Captain Pike in discovery. And he's the highlight of discovery season two for me.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. And,
0: and so to find out they are doing this series. Um, now I wasn't a fan of Spock.
1: Yeah. I mean the Spock thing, how many times can we have Spock in Star Trek? Apparently all uh, the time. we Yeah. Can have Spock yeah, in all Star the
0: Trek. yeah. Um, and, and Leonard Nemo was just so much in that role. Uh, but they've had a handful of different actors play him now. Um, more more actors have played spock maybe than any other character i mean in search for spock you had three three people who yeah. weren't leonard nimoy now they're granted it was for 30 seconds each whatever but right um and then you have uh Zachary quinto in from the kelvin in timeline the kelvin li- timeline yeah and then you now this guy um who's not bad
1: i just but... didn't what Part I, of it was that
0: Spock was so out of character on purpose, right? But, and
1: what I'm, oh, we we run into this with with stuff like Agents of Shield going back and finding the serum and give and, you know maybe disrupting its shipment to to whatever. But we're filling in all the all of the map, and I don't know that we need to do that for Spock. And to be honest, we've done it a lot for Spock. You know, um, now they've kind of written themselves into a hole because how do you have a show that talks about, you know, Captain Pike, but not have Spock? You you can't because the, the cannot the canon's already there. Yeah. So you gotta fit that in pretty pretty nicely. In some of the books, um, Una who is number one and um, Spock play off each other really well because una was a I forget what race she was she was a human raised on this other planet so she thought illyrian she thought like the illyrian no that's wrong don't write me an email please but she <laughs> thought like these the 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 race that she was who was very scientific like Spock um, so there's that short which is called Q and a, I think.
0: I, um, I yeah. I wasn't, I didn't really like that one.
1: What I liked about it was that it was just character development.
0: It was just character, Yeah. And yeah, through yeah. a
1: series of questions. Yeah. It was kind of dumb, but it was just characters and was to these two characters in an elevator talking. And that's kind of cool. <sighs> Well. And, but th- she and Spock riffed off each other. That's what I want. I would see that more. I would be, I would be okay with this show if they did a lot of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But then they're also talking about how, and, and they actually made reference to this in their big announcement that they had where Anson Mount said something like, we're going back to hope, you know, and like basically they're saying, Hey, people who didn't like discovery, you're going to want to come and visit this episode or the show rather. Um, they're talking about it potentially being more episodic, more classic Trek in in that sense. I'm sure that we'll have a adventure of the week, but then also have a a long running uh, backstory as well that they're, they're going to be, you know, get coming back to with with every episode. Um, But it sounds like it's going to be about exploration.
1: Yeah. And 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 about going out
0: there and, and discovering strange new worlds,
1: which is, kind of in the mandate of the title. Um, (laughs) What I don't want though, is what show was it that they were like, no, we're just doing a fringe. That's right. We're just doing episodic with maybe this little bit in the background. And then the little bit in the background sort of stomped forward and said, Nope, I'm here. We're not doing episodic anymore. I don't want that to happen.
0: Well, I want, yeah, that show just by its nature. You're like, wait, no, there's no way around it. Like, This is right. what you're doing.
1: <laughs> right. And now, now that show came with a lot of other problems. You know, uh, it was created by some lost people. No, nope, no, nope, they're not. on. They're not dead on the island. No, nope, no. Nope, well, maybe they're a little bit. So sorry. Spoilers, I guess. Um, so, uh, yes, that show came with a lot of baggage already. I really hope they don't try to imitate that and sneak in this storyline because, yeah, what was great about the the Roddenberry era Star Trek, especially the original series, was that they were these morality tales. You know, you can't have the guys with black on one face and white on the other side of the face and swapped. You couldn't do that on DS9. Or Voyager, you could do it on TOS. You could barely do it on Next Gen. If they're going to do episodic stuff, morality tale stuff, with Hope, and they're going to do it in this series, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now I I'm excited. I I like Anson Mount. I feel like on Inhumans, he was a highlight of that show as yes. well. Um, Because what he was doing, what he was trying to do, Mm -hmm. uh, the show itself just never rose to the heights that that they reached for, you know. (laughs) But but having Anson Mount in that um, primary role was was a big step forward toward that. And he was great hearing him talk was even greater <laughs> when you had yeah. had him on discovery. And so I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, ex- I'm excited too.
1: And I've recently rewatched discovery. I got to the second episode where they go, uh, season two of discovery where they go see the planet. And I was like, this is the captain, man. This mm-hmm. is, this is my captain, right here. This guy, right here. He's following the prime directive, although they may not have called it that. He's following the Starfleet ideals of hope and and all of that stuff. He hasn't been corrupted yet by you know Section Thirty One or or the the temporal Cold War or whatever it is. Right. Um, he's just out there, pure and and hopeful. A little bit guarded because he does realize that he's out in space is dangerous. He, he gets it, but he's not going to shoot first and ask questions later.
0: No, no. Uh, yeah. And so the other thing I'm hoping for, and I'm actually looking up the name right now. I can't pull the name out of the hat. Um, I find someone good to play the character of... Dr. Boyce.
1: That is an interesting thing because is, in some of the novels, specifically the, um, the, the,
0: now you're talking about tie novels, novels
1: to the, Okay. Yeah. For the discovery? discovery, Canon novels. Yeah. Dr. Boyce plays a big key part in, um, the one that takes place with Anson Mount or with, uh, Captain Pike. So not to say that they have to adhere to those, but what they've kind of set themselves up or, Let's put it a different way. What they've kind of dug themselves into this hole is they've got these, they've got these novels that are Canon. I never thought I'd be talking about Canon novels. Wow. There's my fandom. They've got these novels that are Canon. So they have to adhere to some of that stuff. So some of those character traits.
0: So I, I liked him in Mm -hmm. the cage though. And, and I liked him, you know, just, the, he was the guy that Pike goes to and just lets it all out.
1: Well, yeah, and the cage that kind of set it up as, you know, the the triumvirate, right? Which was um, Pike, Boyce, and Una, number one, right? Number and one, and yeah. Spock hadn't earned that. He wasn't there. He wasn't that guy for Pike. He was that guy for Kirk, but he wasn't that guy for Pike. And so it'd be interesting to see Spock almost be like a secondary character, you know, um, and have Dr. Boyce be the triumvirate, you know, the,
0: yeah. I, I'd be curious to see if they would have the guts to do that, to make Spock be secondary. Uh, I'm also curious to see if they have the guts to not do this rumor. And the, there's a rumor that they're trying to cast a young james kirk so will they have the guts to not do that i
1: I think if you do that you got to do it in small doses i don't want to see a re-envisioning of a re-envisioning of star trek
0: you know yeah i don't want to see him on the enterprise as a as a young officer no you know i'd like to see him inherit the enterprise you know but not not you know grow into kirk on the enterprise right
1: i mean what i liked about the kelvin especially star trek 2009 was that they showed that thing and you could kind of say well you know i could totally see how kirk would have gotten the enterprise maybe under Different circumstances, but he kind of had that plucky attitude. I don't, because this is set in the prime timeline, I don't want that. I want prime Kirk. The only background we got was that we know he cheated on the Kobayashi Maru. That's it. I don't want anything else.
0: Yeah. By the way, Kelvin timeline Pike, another highlight of Star Trek. Absolutely. Bruce me.
1: Greenwood was amazing.
0: He was awesome. And that character and just that mentor role that he played um early early on for kirk you know everyone has i think a story that they can tell of someone who saw mm-hmm. something in them you know like i have high school teachers who i can remember who saw um that i was a creative guy or you know the you know and and anyone who was successful would say you know I had a teacher or I had a, you know, the man down the street who plays guitar saw that I had a musical streak and helped pay for my guitar lessons or you know, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Everyone has someone like that. Or if they don't, they need someone like that. And Kirk needed that guy, and that guy was Bruce Greenwood. And I love their conversation oh, yeah. in the bar where, you know, that's was just happened for
1: that's twelve minutes or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it just beautiful, beautiful and not just a great moment in Star Trek, but a great moment in modern yeah. movies for me anyway. yeah,
1: I mean, that was a it was a, so. that was definitely a well constructed scene and a well constructed movie and then well produced by acting and, and, you know, how you make movies and all that. Yeah. So I I but I don't want that in the prime timeline. I don't want to see that now. I want to see. And so, because if you do that, you take away from what Anson Mount is going to do.
0: Well, and, and even bringing Spock into Discovery took a little bit away from some yeah. of the other characters. I think they from did it
1: well enough. And I think the reason, and I hate to say this, but I think the reason they had to was so that the Menagerie, <laughs> so it was a throwaway line, right? If we go back to Talos IV, it's a death penalty, essentially. Uh-huh. So, Okay, <laughs> why? Because some guy got played with his brain. Um, but beside the point, it now it makes a lot of sense. But they had to do They had to bring Spock in to make that sense and to tie that up.
0: Yeah, but what a beautiful moment when they did the previously yeah. on Star Trek, and they're using footage yeah. from yeah, the cage was, yes. in the menagerie. Yes,
1: I, yeah. yes. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad he's here and they've done well with him. I just – I want them to continue that and not just be like, well, Spock's here now.
0: Um, Yeah. All right. Well, we got to put this episode to bed because I got to put myself to bed. So Later. Later, man.